about making time, which we're going to jump into it. Lord, I pray that you please be with us. Lord, uh, I pray that we would understand the gravity of the topic that we're going to talk about uh, with respect to time. There's very few things that, that are so concrete that we can measure. We can measure how we use it. We can measure who we give it to. And we can certainly measure whether we give it to you or not. So, Lord, I pray that you'd inhabit my words, that you'd inhabit our hearts. Lord, that you'd give us a sense of what you want us to understand as a result of this. Lord, please be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, we're going to start off with the man in black, okay? You know, I came across this video, so let's see if it uh, moves the ball here a little bit. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away but I remember everything What have I become My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all Bye. 
Okay, so when I watched that, I can't remember what I was, I was doing research on something and I came across it and, and it really uh, made me tear up there or made me cry uh, and why? You know, when I started looking at it, and, um, some of the slides are out of order, some pictures in there I wasn't gonna show, but the key part was the last third of the video. The last third of the video is two sets of images that, that are distinct, right? That are there more than the other ones. And that's Jesus Christ and his marriage. That's the last third. The, the first two-thirds of it, you see all these different series. Of re- he talks about his empire of dirt. He sits on a, uh, uh, he's got his crown of thorns on a liar's, liar's throne, right? And there's no joy in it. I mean, the, the museum, his museum's closed, dilapidated. Within seven months of the filming of this video, he's dead. Three months after this video, his wife dies. Seven years after this video and his death, his house burns down. Whatever, whatever remains of his legacy is burnt down, gone. Right? And you see him. And he, at the last third, what's important to him? What matters? What is it that it ends with? The only two things that matter. Jesus Christ and his marriage. Those were the things, when he looks back, everything else seems like it's, it's bathed in regret, except for those two. So then I started thinking, I was like, what if it was reversed? What if we played his life backwards and he got to do his life backwards? Where Jesus Christ came in first, and then his marriage was first, how, many, how much of the rest of his life would be filled with regret? Right? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is, what goes in first? Right? We talk about this, this silly concept of making time. We don't make time. You can't add to it. You got 24 hours. You got seven days a week. That's it. You get to allocate that time, but you don't get to make it. You get to work with what you've got, and you get no more. That's it, right? So the question is, we got a pickle jar. And again, I, some of y'all have heard the pickle jar analogy or anything and metaphor before, but we're going to go a little deeper. I was going to bring in a like, pickle jar and some rocks and stuff like that, and then I realized I don't have a pickle jar or rocks, and, and I don't want to really carry it around with me. So I mean, virtual pickle jar, right? So brace yourself for virtual pickle jar. Okay, so we got some rocks, and this becomes a mathematical problem. Okay, the pickle jar represents our lives. How many of these rocks are going to fit in the pickle jar? Okay, and again, this is a two-dimensional you know, thing rather than three-dimensional. So you're going to have to, there's somebody out there that's going to be like, that's not three-dimensional. Okay, so we're going to start putting some rocks in. So we, you see, how, see what I did there? Yeah. All right. Okay, so we got our rocks in. Now, the only rule is because we only have 24 hours a day, we only have 60 minutes an hour, 60 seconds a minute, right? We have a finite amount of time. The top, that has to go on. That has to fit. It can't be, you can't have more than 24 hours. It's got to fit within the pickle jar, okay? So notice there's some rocks that didn't get in. But what are the rocks that got in? What if we said, okay, and this is, you know, just starting off. Let's say we got what we thought. The big rock of God got in. The big rock of marriage. The big rock of kids. The big rock of job. The big rock of extended family. When I say family, I'm saying, let's say our parents, uh, our siblings, those that are immediate family around us that we're immediately responsible for. Let's say those got in. And let's just say that's, that's the extent of it. That's all that got in. And you had this amazing relationship on your deathbed. You're Johnny Cash. You're making your, your song when you, before you die. Seven months before you die. And you had an amazing relationship with Christ. And you had an amazing marriage. And you had amazing kids that loved Christ and had amazing marriages themselves. And you had an amazing career and an amazing extended family. But you didn't necessarily have all these other rocks. Maybe the house and the car was dilapidated and ill-kept. And uh, people laughed at you about your car. Or, you know, you, you didn't really go very far in your education. Or you didn't, you were out of shape and nasty, right? 
which is what we'd say in the Marine Corps, you, you know, anyway. And you didn't do a lot of entertainment, but you had all that other stuff, and you're, and you're doing that video. Would that, be, would that be a pretty good life? I think, I think we'd look back. I'm not really sure that you'd see a video of so much regret in there, okay? But the, but the question is, is anything over there on the right or any of these other rocks intrinsically by themselves that? Not one of them. Taking care of the house and the car is not a bad thing. Taking care of the education, taking care of the friends, sports, exercise, that's not bad. Entertainment, none of that's bad, right? But is it as big a rock, okay? And the great part is that, I, that Jesus Christ doesn't want us just to have life. He wants us to have it to the full. So is this, so my question to you right now, is this full? If we're looking at big rocks, the answer is yeah, we're abs it's absolutely full. In its current configuration, it's full. But if we look at a different configuration, if we start to pound the heck out of these other rocks, right, and fit them into gravel, and when we're talking about that, then no, it's not full yet, is it? Right? So we've got the house, the car, the, uh, we've got uh, education and friends, sports and exercise, and out, and we, we, we scoop some pour it in and shake this thing up, and scoop and pour it, shake, right? And what happens? The gravel conforms to the big rocks, right? And it finds itself in all these little nooks and crannies and these tiny little places, and it fits, and it gets in there, okay? So we've taken and shaken and taken and shaken, and it's as and it's, it's, it's full as we can get it. There is, I'm just telling you now, there's no way we can fit more gravel in there. We can't fit more gravel in there. Is it full? Okay. In terms of gravel, yeah. Next question I have for you is, did some of the gravel not get in? Yes! Some things didn't get in. Something didn't get in. Okay, so we said it's full, but it's not really full full, right? Now we're going to pound the snot out of this as well, right? So we start pounding some more and make it tinier. So we got house, car, education, friends, sports, exercise, and we pound it. And what do we got? We got sand, right? But again, these aren't not in the same configuration it was before, not in the same duration or intensity or complexity, right? But we're going to take it, and then we're going to scoop and pour, and scoop and pour, and scoop and pour, right? In there, we're going to shake the thing, and it's going to fit into tiny, itty-bitty little nooks and crannies until all that sand has filled, and it's taken a while. Is there still some sand left over? Stuff did not get in. Can we be comfortable with that, right? A lot got in, though. A lot of it fit in those tiny nooks and crannies, but not everything got in. Entertainment. Is there anything wrong with entertainment? You know, watching TV or video games or reading or hobbies. Is there anything wrong with going to get together with the guys and playing pool or having a beer from time to time? By itself, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? So we come up and let's imagine that as water. So we pour the water in, we pour and shake, and we pour and shake, and we make sure that it's shifted around and it's got the exact amount, the, the, the perfect capacity for what it can hold, okay? Is there still some water left? There's stuff left on the table, okay? But now we put the top on. Is that a pretty full life? Is that a life that's got a great deal of stuff going on? Okay? Now, here's the difficulty. Let's look at that video, remember, in Johnny Cash. Let's work this thing backwards, right? Let's put, the, let's put it in. The exact same quantity. I'm saying down to the atomic level, let's put the exact same amount of water in, exact same amount of sand, exact same amount of gravel, and let's try to put the big rocks in and the problem is, we pour the water in. We pour the sand in. The exact same amount, mind you. Not, not even a little bit more, okay? We pour the gravel in. The exact same amount, not even a little bit more, 
and what doesn't fit now? The big rocks. So we start making some tough choices. Well, I'm going to do well at work, right? But I'm going to let some of the other parts of my life, I'm going to accept risk in some of the other parts of my life. Or I put the marriage in. I'm going to be an awesome husband, unemployed, right? But an awesome nonetheless, okay? Or you put the kids, I'm going to be an awesome dad, you know? When I, when I visit them from debtor's prison, right? You know, even though we don't have those anymore. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a, uh, unfortunately, a mom's boy or a daddy's boy. So I'm going to take care of my mom and dad, but, you know, I'm going to let the marriage suffer a little bit, let the kids suffer a little bit. But you know what's weird? This is the one that won't work. You could, you could put all those other ones in last. This one won't work. He's not going to put up with that. He's not going to be put in last. He's not going to be put in last. He won't allow it. He's like, look, put me in first or don't put me in. We can fake it. We can act like we've put them in. But you're, we're, we're going to have the substance of religion, but lacking the power. We put them in first. What happens to everything else? Everything else fits. And he influences everything else for us. So what did he say? John 10, 9 through 10. Right? He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And I have come that they may have life. Right? And is it just life? And have it to the full. That's the goal. That's his ultimate. It's not simple survival. It's survival and success. It's survival and thriving. Right? It's this idea that there's all these things are important. All these things are good. Right? But what's the, what's the principle that's, and particularly with what we're talking about here with, with God in the semester before this, and marriage now. Time is everything. So we look at this. How do we load this? How do we get the first things first? Matthew 6, 33, right? Okay, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be given to you as well. Then what's the next part? What do I, what, if we get it in there? And this is something where we've, I've discussed it and I, I wrestled with this for years. Is family the same as marriage? No, and you know, and it's sad. I didn't realize that until I got divorced and remarried because I had kids from the previous marriage. And my instincts told me, well, they're kids and my wife and I are uh, adults. Right? So we can, accept, we can accept some risk in our relationship and take care of the kids because they're, they're, they're kids. And then I had a buddy of mine, you know, and my wife was complaining. She's like, look, you love the kids more than you do me, and you're putting them in front of me. And the truth of the matter was I was. I really was. And I thought, well, yeah. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Right? But then I, I literally I pulled a friend aside. I didn't want to ask some guy that was wishy-washy, so I found a, a mixed martial arts professional. This guy was a guy named Jerry Rader, and I asked him, I was like, dude, can you believe she's telling me this stuff? We're dealing with kids here, man. We got to put them first. He's like, no, nah, she's right. So like, <laughs> I was like, I was, I was counting on the mixed martial artist to be like, ah, that romance is for suckers, right? No, and he's a godly Christian brother. He's like, at least if you want to be in alignment with Christ, if you want to be in alignment with the Bible, we have to put her first. And he go, then he said the strange thing. He's like, they're going to feel loved by the way you love her, which I thought, okay, that makes sense for a biological relationship. But for stepchildren? Yep. And it was crazy. And again, this is something that has to do with God. It's the only way I can understand it. The more I loved her, the more they felt loved. And it was completely, some, it was not something I expected. So Genesis 2, 24, we get this in. For this reason, a man will leave this other most important relationship, his father and mother, and be joined together with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. One flesh, which means, and it, it sounds to me, this word one is the same word that he uses to talk, describe God in the Shema. Shema, right? That it's not one just in, in a, a numerical sense, 
It's one in unity, right? So you, we've actually created godly offspring just by virtue of our marriage, not even producing physical children yet, which adds to the next one, this distinct creation, right? Where it says Malachi 2.15, has not God made you and you belong to him in body and spirit? And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. But the weird part is, when you mention godly offspring, who does he throw in there? The last one. And do not be unfaithful. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. So the, I think he does break out the two. I think that he does uh, say that these are extremely important, but in their proper order. Then he adds the next part. So we, we know that from the curse is that, you know, we're going to have to work, uh, the, work the land all the days of our life. But then David, or sorry, Solomon, comes in there and says, Ecclesiastes 5.18, This is what I've observed to be good. It is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life that God has given them, for this is their lot. There is an expectation that we're going to provide for our family. So it's no small affair to say that work has to get in there. We we're going to find time for this. Or you know, you're going to find time for something else. You know, It's going to down the adult detention center there. So, Okay, 1 Timothy 5, 8, and then the last part here. And you may wrestle, we may wrestle with what's the next thing that gets in. But let's just say it starts here, it says, 1 Timothy 5.8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I feel like we have at least some guidelines for which big rocks, and maybe your pickle jar is bigger. <laughs> maybe you can get, or maybe your rocks are smaller, I don't know. Maybe we can get some other big rocks in there. But let's say we just got this in there. Would this be pretty good? It would be pretty good, but it's not, it's not the only thing, okay? So, one of the key things, there's very few other resources that we have, right, that you can measure in your life other than time and money, and the Bible spends a great deal of time and money and how we use it. There's very few examples that provide more concrete evidence where our hearts are, right? Look at your schedule. I've, I've had this conversation with my son this week, you know, about video games. Look at your schedule. Is there anything that competes with the amount of time that you play video games? Nothing. That's a problem. You know, that, that has become the most important thing. And we're commanded to be deliberate in use of our time. So it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. What was interesting about this is I had to look up what uh, walk circumspectly meant. You know, I was like, wow, that sounds like a good word, but what does it mean? It says, All it means is walk deliberately. Walk with a plan. Have a plan. So you're going to accomplish whatever you set out and whatever you plan to accomplish, right? Whatever you've prayed about and you've given deliberate time. And if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, okay? So it's an element of planning here. And God promised that if we seek him first, that everything else will fit. The gravel will fit in there. The sand and the water will fit. And then uh, think back about my dad, you know. I, we're still witnessing to him. But I'm telling you, the sadness that I see in him, the sadness that I see in that video, that's why maybe it, it touched me so much. There's very few things that are going to bring us sadness at the end than how we spend our time, than regret. God forbid. We have time. We have time to shift gears now. So can we make or create time? That's silly. We can't. So this idea of making time for something doesn't make sense. Now, allocating it, apportioning, sequestering it, makes a great deal of sense. So... What do we have to do? The chapter before this one with Chapman was this idea of identifying our priorities. That's what I asked you guys to do over the week. So hopefully you guys had a chance to do that. 
but we got together with a few guys over uh, New Year's and we said, okay, well, before we start planning, we're going to have to come up with what's our priorities. Because again, not everything's going to fit. You just have, we have to accept that, okay? So we start putting them in there, and it's not enough just to say these are my priorities. They have to be rank order. They have to be rank order. Because is there anything wrong with education? There's nothing wrong with it. But there's a, there's a phrase out there, letting the good become the enemy of the great. God forbid, right? It doesn't, education simply doesn't compete with God. Now, maybe, it, maybe it's still in there, it just doesn't get as much. So we have our priorities, we have them rank ordered. Then we have to add goals to these. So you've, we've sat around and we said before, okay, well, I'd like to give God my first fruits. And maybe that means, you know, your first fruits is straight up when you wake up in the morning or it's the best part of the day. Either one. But I said, I want to do that. That's a goal for me. Or I want to do Bible study. I want to do service. I want to do worship. I want to do prayer. I want to do it in these amounts. Okay, good. So you write that down. Then we talk about marriage. I want to give my wife a specific date night and some specific intimate time every day. I want to give kids. I want to set aside intimate time for them. I want to work, I want the amount of work to reflect my priorities, and I want family, you know, my extended family, my parents and siblings, I want my life to reflect, my investment in them to reflect their, their relative priorities. What's interesting is that Chapman uses this word, which I never really gave any real thought to about this word ought. So he goes, the word ought means to be bound by moral law, conscience, or sense of duty. And he asks, is it possible that we don't have enough time to do the things that we're morally obligated to do. And then he answers his own question. He says, Christians, I think the answer will be no. We have time to do everything we ought to do. But the number one barrier in failing to have time to reach our goals is overcommitment to activities that do not help us accomplish the goals. Okay? All right, so let's give it a shot. Pickle jar. That's your pickle jar, right? Now, that is not this week. Why? This week's, I hate to say it, but in a sense, this week's downrange, right? You have a schedule, you don't have a schedule. You're going to kind of, you're going to do something the rest of the week, okay? But this is next week, right? This is starting, let's just say Sunday, moving into next week. So, we talked about, we want to do all these things. We want to put the big rock in. So, we put, we said we want to do prayer and Bible study. We want to give God the first, let's say we want to do it the first thing out of the gate in the morning. You know how we had time for this? There ain't nothing competing with it. There's nothing else in the jar right now. You know how I know that we're going to be able to do it? Because there's nothing competing with this time right now. Okay. Then I say, I want to go to church. And maybe, you know, I want to serve for one service. And I want to worship for one service. Boom. Got it in. Nothing competing with this time yet. Right. Then I want to come to base camp, which we're already here. Well done. Right. Okay. Then maybe I want to go, I, maybe I want to, go to life group on Wednesday night. I want to go to PM base camp. I want to do men's prayer on Friday. And some men's fellowship on Saturday. It's amazing how much I got it all in. How, did, how is that possible? Well, there's nothing else competing with it yet. It was the first rock in the pickle jar. Then I said, I want to do a date night. Now, I admit, there's, there's people here with a plethora of children, right? So it could be difficult to find it, but I'm going to say we're going to schedule that next. Why? How do I know we're going to do date night there? Because there's nothing competing with the time yet. It's, it's the next rock in the pickle jar. And then I want to set aside this time, you know, we talk about, I want to pray with my wife, I want to have a Bible study with my wife, um, and catch up and, and, and dot, 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 uh, you know, at the end of the day or whatever, right? How do I know I'm going to get it in? It's this next rock in there. It's in there. That's right. I'm going to come in there, I'm going to block it off. Now, does that mean that I'm not going to read my news feeds at that time? 
Does that mean I'm not gonna read a book? Does that mean I'm not gonna watch TV? Does that mean I'm not gonna get a chance to watch a, a movie or something like that? Does that mean we're gonna have to put the kids to bed early? Yep, something's moving, but it ain't gonna be this. Why, because it's the next rock in there, you can't move it, okay? And then I said I want intimate time with kids, so I've been trying to do, um, I, I noticed I'm going to all these men's breakfasts, that's awesome, but I was like, I'm not bringing my, my sons weren't necessarily there, and I wasn't having intimate time with, so I'm gonna set aside intimate time with them, right? So boom, that got in there. Then I'm gonna hang out with, we're gonna hang out as a family at the church, and yeah, we're going to spend time throughout the week, but that's dedicated. That's, you know, guess what? I know it's going to fit because there's nothing else competing with it yet. Then, guess what? You got to go to work. That's going to happen, right? A lot of us have uh, jobs that are semi-flexible in the sense that I can work longer one day or shorter one day, right? If you can't, then you got to put that in there. You got to comport it around it. But what's nice is, let's say Friday. That's what's a neat one. Let's say I can only work eight hours a day or we're going to work six hours that day. I have other places where I have some gaps where I can work longer, but the work is going to conform to my priority, not the other way around, okay? And me, my natural proclivity is just to stay. I want to stay. I want to, I want to, I want to look like I'm doing more, right? Why? It doesn't comport well with my priorities. I have to get, the, I have to get it in alignment with it. Then I'm going to do my extended family. How, how are you going to stay in contact with your extended family? Well, I can guarantee it if we put it in the schedule. Now. Is there some stuff that didn't get in there? Yeah, I mean, where's PT, right? Where's the exercise? Where's the lawn? Where's the TV? Where's friends? Where are things important? Yeah, are they as important, okay? We've got time in there, but you know what? That's the gravel, that's the sand, and that's the water. It fits in the other spaces. If we put that stuff in there first, the big rocks don't fit. That's just as simple the way it is. And I, I got into this trap of reading my news feeds in the morning, you know, and, and again, it started eating up some of that time. And it was putting uh, little, pe little pieces of gravel or sand in there that pushed some elements of the big rock out. God forbid. So, how do we do it all? We don't. That's the best part, you know. The only question is what don't get done, right? And then there's, uh, again, the only, if, if you ever talk about military stuff, you have to have a dead German quote. So here it is. Um, <laughs> To be strong everywhere is to be strong nowhere, and that's a simple fact. You build a defense, you have to choose some place to be strong. We have to choose where we're going to succeed, and we're willing to accept risk and failure. And I'm fine with failing if it comes to, let's say, the house or the car or somewhere like that, or, or a little less success, if you want to call it that. And then the key rule here is we have to schedule the critical events first, and scheduling increases the chance we'll actually do it. So I'm not going to go there. These are the pictures, so you guys can imagine. Just got them out of order. <laughs> okay, so these are your discussion questions. Does your schedule actually reflect your priorities and goals? Okay, number one. Number two, other than non-discretionary time, that's your work hours that are established by your boss, not by you. Okay, what occupies the largest portion of your time? What gets the best of your times outside of work? And what do you wish you spent, your more, you spent more time doing? And how are you going to address this? Okay, so I'm going to pray for us and we'll jump in. Lord, thank you so much that we get to be here. Thank you for my brothers. Thank you for, for speaking to me. I pray that you hold me accountable, Lord, and that I would be someone that listens and that applies this, that we would all be listening, people that listen and apply, that we wouldn't be like people that look in the mirror and forget where we look like when we turn away. We'd be hearers of the word and doers of it. I pray that you please be with us. Bless our time that we have at the tables. We love you and we ask all things in Jesus' name. Amen.